Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Becca Bruner. Well, good morning once again. My name is Becca. If I haven't met you yet, I'm one of the co-pastors here at Paoli, and it's just so good. Each each and every Sunday, seeing more and more and more of your faces here at worship. It's a delight to be with you today, and I'm grateful for those of you who are joining us still online as well. This last week, I uh, came across a story of a church uh, very similar to ours in a lot of ways, one of which being they were uh, just on the brink of completing their own pretty significant capital campaign. And as they did, as they were finishing up, they learned that a property right next door to theirs, right adjacent to their property, was sold, as happens, to a developer, uh, which what developers like to do is take certain size pieces of property and squish as many houses in them as possible, right? That's what they do. And that's what this developer did. They had 250 new units going in right next door to the church, right as they were finishing up this huge campaign. And learning that, that week, the pastor had two uh, very similar yet very different conversations with members of that church. Uh, One of the members came up to that pastor and said to them, said, oh, you know, do you see that this is happening, this, this, um, properties going in, there's going to be a lot of people moving in, a lot of busyness, a lot of traffic, you know, we need to be careful. Could, could we maybe put up a fence to make sure that kids don't, you know, wander unnoticed onto our property? Another member came up to that pastor and said, see, this, 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 this unit's going in, all these people are coming, it's going to be really busy, lots of stuff going on. Do you think maybe is there some extra money in the budget we could put in a sidewalk so that kids from that development could find their way to our property? Well, friends, this week, this very week, we are completing our very own pretty significant capital campaign. And as we do, as we move back up into our new and renovated space upstairs, I think we've got a decision to make. We got to decide what kind of church we want to be. Are we a fence building church or a sidewalk building church? Are we a church that kind of keeps young people out? Are we a church that does everything we can to welcome young people in? It's already been decided, really. We, Paoli Presbyterian Church, we're we're a sidewalk kind of church. It's actually explicitly stated in one of our core values. We have five core values that kind of tell the DNA, the personality of this church. And one of them goes like this. It's stated, when young people thrive, everyone thrives. We say we are a a church who is committed to discipling the next generation. We know that when children, youth, and young adults learn to know God, have a personal relationship with Jesus, and engage in the broader life of the church, the rest of the body will thrive. That's just what's true about us. And I think Jesus agrees. You know, as I I looked this week at the passage that we already had planned for today, it felt pretty providential. I don't know if you know this, but but I spend a week every summer planning out the year's worth of sermons. And when I planned it at the Rokies Lovely House uh, this last summer, when I was planning, I had no idea the significance of March 27th. But today's a pretty significant day. 
As we prepare to move back up to our old but very new space upstairs next week, I want us to see this as an opportunity to recommit to being that sidewalk church, a church that does everything we can to make sure that young people thrive. Jesus shows us how we can do that in the passage we're going to look at today. So if you have your Bible or a Bible app, you can open up with me to Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 13. It says, people were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he may touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So following in the way of Jesus, we believe that when young people thrive, everyone thrives. We believe that when we bless our children, our students, and our young adults, we end up being blessed as well. So learning from this story of Jesus, how he blessed the young people in his world, and thinking about the young people of our world, I want us to think about three things. I want us to think about what it means to bless a young person, how we do it, what the kind of most helpful things are that we can do, practices we can undertake to bless the young people in our lives, and then finally, why we do it. What's the reason? Why bless young people? What's in it for them, and, and what's in it for us as well? So the what, the how, and the why, that's what I think Jesus has to teach us today. So starting out, what does it mean? What does it mean to bless a young person, or to really bless any person when it comes down to it. It's kind of one of those words we toss around, a Christianese phrase, oh, bless you, bless you, or if you're from the South, you know, bless your heart, bless his heart. It's a word we say, but we don't always know what it means, do we? Well, to understand the meaning of blessing, it helps to look back to where it came from, from the Old Testament, where that concept of blessing came forth. And again, remember thinking back to kind of, if you think about like Egyptian hieroglyphics, like the Hebrew language is a little bit like that. It, it's not just letters and words making, make, or letters compiled to be a word. They, they use a lot of images. Uh, the word itself ha, ha, has images behind it. So the word to bless in the Hebrew language, it's this word barak. And within the word barak, it actually has two complementary images that come together. The first image that, that's held in the word barak is the image of bowing before somebody or bending a knee before someone. In, in biblical times, and, and certainly even in other cultures other than ours even today, uh, it, it's customary to bow before a person of great importance. If somebody is important, you bow or you take a knee before them as a way of conveying their importance. A king or a queen, a religious leader or a prophet, they would bow before them. So to barak someone is to bow before them. It conveys importance. The word barak also contains the image of adding weight or value to something. Literally the picture of, is of adding coins to a scale. Again, in biblical times a coin wasn't valuable simply because of the denomination that was you know, stamped upon it. A coin was valuable because of its weight. The heavier the coin, the more valuable it was. And so to barak is to add more weight, to add more value. 
So putting these two images together, we see that to bless someone is to say to that person in your words or in your actions, you are so important. You are so valuable. I want to add even more value to your life. And obviously, you can bless any person at any time for any reason. And if all you get out of this message today is some kind of encouragement or motivation to go out and bless the people in your life, to to let them know how great they are and to help them be and feel even greater, well then, great. The world will be a better place because you're out blessing people. But Jesus made a point to bless children. Jesus clearly had a soft spot in his heart for young people, so what I want us to turn our attention to now is how we follow in his footsteps, how we can bless children and young people now. For our last several months, Jonathan and I have been leading our session, our, our, our board of elders, through a study that came out a few years ago from the Fuller Seminary Youth Ministry Institute. The study is called Growing Young growing young. This, this study came forth because the, the folks at the Fuller Seminary Youth Institute, they noted, as many of us do, that many of the churches in America are both shrinking and aging as more and more young people disengage from church. And so recognizing that, they wanted to know uh, who's not shrinking. What churches out there aren't shrinking? Which churches aren't aging? And what are they doing to make that possible? How are they keeping young people growing spiritually, emotionally, relationally, missionally, and yes, even numerically? And so they they conducted a a, a full study across the country, 250 different churches that were doing what they said. They were growing numerically and they were decreasing in age. They were growing young, right? That's where the title comes from. And, And from that work, that research, they offer some really incredible insights and strategies for how any church, every church, can seek to bless the young people in their community and kind of smooshing it all together. There's a lot of things they have to say about that, and I commend the book to you. But uh, my version, the Becker revised version of the Growing Young Study, something that we can do to bless the young people in and around their church, I would put it in, in the phrase, is we can walk into their world. Really helpful thing we can do to bless the young people in our community is to walk into their world. You know, one of the things I truly, truly love, and I mean this with all my heart, One of the things this church is so very good at is you are so good at welcoming children and students and young adults into this space, into our world, right? Like I've heard it so many times when inevitably, you know, somebody brings a a baby into worship and a baby starts making noises as babies do. I've heard so many of you after the service, you know, you see the moms over there nervous, like, oh, trying to shush their baby, but it's a baby and babies will not be shushed. And, and so you make a point to go over to that mom and tell her, it's fine, it's fine, we love baby sounds, it's okay. And I will tell you, a, as a mom of kids who make noise, there's nothing better you can do to tell, tell a mom, hey, it's okay, it sounds so much louder to the mom's ears than anybody else. And so when you do that, when you just offer that word of encouragement, you bless that mom and you bless those children in return. For years, for years, I don't know how many years, we were trying to guess this morning, you have told children every Sunday in this church, you're beautiful, God loves you, and we love you too. You've said it every Sunday for, I don't know, 40 years, and I know that you mean it. 
You're so good at welcoming young people into this space. You enthusiastically support the kids in their pageants. You, you come and, and you hear the youth when they do Confirmation Sunday and, and Youth Sunday, and you tell them, you tell them that what they're doing matters, and, and, and that is such a gift. You're so good at welcoming kids and students and young people into this space, but what I wanna challenge us in this morning is to not just do that, but to take the step, to take, it's a sometimes scary step, it's definitely an intimidating step, to step out of this world, to walk into their world. If we wanna bless young people, we need to try to understand who they are and the world that they are living in, and I will tell you it's a very different world than the one that we grew up in. And so phrases like, well, back when I was your age, or, or even back when my kids were your age, they don't cut it. Over the last couple of decades, our world has changed dramatically, and our young people are the ones who feel it the most. Just one example of, of how things have changed, the researchers at Fuller refer to it as the longer race. The longer race. They say, they note that young people in this, in this day and age are quote unquote younger, longer. The, the finish line of, of the movement from adolescence to adulthood has just moved later. For a wide variety of a very different socioeconomic reasons, young adults are finishing school later, getting married later, buying homes and settling down later, having kids if they have kids at all. Later, you see the pattern? Forming one's identity, which was typically thought to be the work of adolescence, that's just happening later, leaving a lot of young adults kind of a little bit more adrift for longer periods of time. On the other hand, young people are also being forced to grow up faster. The onset of puberty is moving younger. Cultural pressures that once only applied to adults are hitting kids at earlier and earlier ages. Kids young as seven, eight, nine years old have these devices in their pockets through which they can access all kinds of information and images that are far too mature for their developing brains. Kids are growing up faster. So put those together. You got an earlier start a later finish, a longer race. And contained within that longer race, our, our young people are facing things like cultural pluralism, pervasive stress, sexual experimentation, adult abandonment, just to name a few, not to mention the incredible amount of changes and losses and ongoing stress of living through a, a global pandemic that's still not over. It is not like it was when we were their age. So to bless a young person means it just starts with walking into their world, getting to know them, listening to the real joys and struggles of their lives without giving pat answers in return, and offering to pray. Gosh, if, if we have one thing to offer, is we can offer to pray, to carry their real needs to Jesus, well, that's one of the best things we can do to bless our young people. And some of the ways that you can do that, one of them could be volunteering in kid church. Did you know 
that to be a kid church leader, to work with our, our kids ages five through fifth grade, uh, one of the things you must do, one of your assignments is to play games. I'm wondering, how many people here know the game Connect Four? You know that game, you do the checkers, it's kind of a tic-tac-toe, but with four, right? You wanna get four in a row? That is one of the hottest games of Kid Church right now. I don't know why, they are all like clamoring to play Connect Four together. And so, as a Kid Church leader, your assignment would be to play Connect Four with a kid. And here's what happens when you do. When kids play, they talk. And I will tell you, I've heard back from some of our leaders, they offer some of the most incredible insights into the Bible lesson that they have just learned. They've taken it in, and it's when playing that they process. And so they, they're, they're like blowing their leaders away with what they understand about God and the scriptures and, and everything about it. They get it. They talk about the Bible. They talk about their lives. They talk about what's really going on in their lives, because again, when they're playing, they feel safe. And so just by being a kid church leader and plunking some checkers into a connect four thing, you bless our kids. Another way you can bless our kids is by being a leader in our student ministries. Just last weekend, we sent 20 middle to and high school students on their annual winter retreat and they were accompanied by their leaders, Bill Norsini, Barry Webster, Bruce Pancos, Daryl McFarlane, and Megan Heinrich. And yes, those leaders came back a little sleepy from lack of sleep. They came home a little achy, muscles sore from playing games and moving their bodies in ways that our bodies at this stage of life are not particularly used to. And they came back grateful for that time spent, a whole weekend spent. Everybody had to put away their phones. That was one of the rules. And they just spent that time sharing life and following Jesus together and they blessed our kids. You can bless the young adults in our community by taking them out for coffee or for lunch and just asking about their lives. I will tell you, most of our young adults don't make that much money, so they would be very happy to receive a free coffee or lunch and a listening ear at the same time. Somebody who's willing to ask them about their life about their job, about their friends, about their family. I will tell you, our young adults are living in a constantly changing world. So what better gift could you give than just a steady presence in the middle of it? You can think of your own way to bless the young people in our community. Of all the different people and all the different gifts represented in this room, there are that many ways that you can bless our young people. You can let them know in your words and in your actions that they are incredibly important to you and to God. And you can just keep adding some more value to their life. But to close this message, we still need to answer the question, why? Why, as a church, should we focus on blessing young people specifically? Well, one could argue the simple Sunday school answer, well, because Jesus said so, right? And you would be right, he did. He's pretty strong on this. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Jesus instructs us, Jesus commands us to bring children to him that they may be blessed, and he has some reasons why. One, of course, one of the reasons why we focus on blessing young people is for what it does for them. 
Research shows that kids and students and young adults who, who are part of, actively part of church communities, uh, people who, young people who have older people blessing them, they benefit from such things as increased physical health, better problem-solving skills, greater friendship support, and increased ability to cope with life's problems, healthier family relationships, reduced depression, longer lifespan, greater sense of satisfaction in that lifespan. I think that's eight. I think that's a pretty good list, right? It does a lot of good to our young people when we seek to bless them. But I'll confess something to you. I am sometimes a selfish person. Sometimes, there are times in my life that I am willing to go out and do something nice, something good for other people solely because it is a benefit to them, sometimes. But I'll confess, in the back of my mind, I don't verbalize it because I want you to think I'm a good person, but in the back of my mind, there's a little question, well, what's in it for me? Right, like what? What good is this going to do for me? Where is the blessing for me? So if you're at all like me, I know you're not, I'm a sinner, you're nice people, but if you're at all like me, just a little bit, I've got good news. Jesus has got good news because Jesus doesn't just call us to bless people because it's good for them. Jesus calls us to bless people because it is good for us. Jesus said, truly I tell you, when wh whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. I don't know about you, but I would like to enter into the kingdom of God. That sounds good to me. So Jesus says, in order to do that, if I want to enter into the kingdom of God, I need to receive it. To receive it as a little child. So here's the thing, when we choose to bless people, when we get close enough to walk into their world, we don't just bless them, they bless us. They bless us by teaching us how to receive the kingdom of God as a little child. And I'll tell you a few of the ways I've learned that from the young people in my life. I've learned to receive the kingdom of God from my own three children. They've taught me what it means to listen to God's voice of love. Eleanor gave me permission to share this story, and in fact, I'm paying her for it. It's hers. She gets royalties, truly. But it was when she was two or three years old. We were saying prayers at night, and we started chatting, and I just asked her. I said, Eleanor, do you ever talk to God on your own? And she said, yeah. Oh, all right. Does God ever talk back? And she said, yeah. I said, oh, okay. Says, what, what does God say to you? Just truly from her heart, she said, hmm, mostly that he loves me. She was telling the 100% truth. I truly believe it. I think little kids, they, they truly hear God's voice of love. They don't have the, the barriers, the, 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 the stuff that gets in the way in the same way we do. From my children, I learned to listen that God loves me in the same way that he loves them. Recently, I learned from our students, our high school students, 
how incredibly important it is and how to do it, how to hold on to Jesus when life gets really hard. And life has been really hard for our middle and high school students these last couple of years. And it got particularly so this last year around December. And so Maddie, our director of student ministries, had the insight to invite a few in to just talk, just to kind of talk about what was going on in their lives. And she gave me the gift of being able to come and listen. And I will tell you, I was blown away by these high school students. I was blown away. I was blown away, and I shouldn't have been, but I was by the incredible amount of loss that they have undergone in these last couple of years. One, it just crystallized it for me that one of them who was a junior in high school said, I'm a junior, and I have yet to have a normal high school year. None of them have been normal yet. Like, that kind of just hit me. I was like, that, yeah, and it... And and just thing after thing that they've lost over these last couple of years, and they were expressing the grief of that loss, but even more, they were expressing their hope in Jesus Christ. They were holding on to Jesus, even when life was hard. And I will say, as the co-pastor of this church, it is such an incredible privilege to work alongside and to watch and to witness the ministry of some of the young adults on our staff, Maddie and Felicia and Connor. We have, across the board, an incredibly talented, faithful staff, absolutely, that I am so grateful to serve alongside. But I just want to highlight these 320-somethings because they are doing something that the majority of their friends and their peers are not. They are giving their lives to serve Jesus Christ through the ministries of this church, not because they have to, they don't. They could go out and get any job they want. Some of them work other jobs besides here, but they do so because they believe wholeheartedly that they are making a difference, an eternal difference through the ministry that they do here. And so whatever sacrifices they make to be here, and and some of them are significant, They make them joyfully, they make them faithfully, they make them willingly. Through those young adults, I see what joy there is to follow and serve Jesus Christ. So why do we bless young people? Well, because when we do, they bless us. Why do we bless young people? Well, I'll close with this story. Back after World War II, there were some folks who volunteered to help rebuild a cathedral in England that had been destroyed by the bombings that happened there. And as the work progressed, some debate broke out about how to best restore this one particular statue as a statue of Jesus with his arms outstretched. And this statue had been destroyed in such a way that the hands, particularly on the statue, had just been obliterated to tiny, tiny pieces of stone, and so they couldn't quite decide should they attempt the delicate task of putting those hands back together piece by piece by piece. Well, finally, they reached a decision which actually stands today. They rebuilt the entire statue except the hands, and on that statue, they affixed a plaque that reads, Christ has no hands but ours. Christ has no hands but ours. Christ has no hands to bless the young people of the community of Paoli but ours. 
So as we move back upstairs in this momentous moment in the life of Paoli Presbyterian Church, let's offer Christ our hands and let him bless our young people and bless us as we do.